Ladies and gents, jazz up your New Year's Eve with the renowned Jeff Hamilton Organ Trio. Swing in the new year at the Lincoln Theater with an unforgettable evening of soulful Hammond B3 organ sounds by Akiko, Saruga, and dynamic guitar work by Steve Kolbachek, led by renowned drummer Jeff Hamilton. This trio is a powerhouse of talent that will get you moving and grooving into 2024 with style. Join us December 29th at the Lincoln Theater. Visit jazzartsgroup.org for tickets and information. Well, what's up, everybody? It's your girl, Sequoia Blue, back in here another episode. Today, our special guest is Nizma, and she is a songwriter, music producer, and vocalist, and business person, and she also is an out-of-the-box thinker like me, so that's awesome. So Nice. <laughs> so, Hello. Nizma, what made you want to tread the murky waters of the music industry? Oh, man. I feel like I didn't have a choice. You know, it's one of those things where you just get bit by the music bug when you're young and then you just can't stop. So for me, that's how it happened. I was really young. I fell in love with songwriting and then, you know, one thing led to another. Wow. So when did you start? Were you like 12 and you was in school? Were you in a church or anything? Well, I mean, yes, but that's not where it started. I I actually Mm -hmm. started writing songs. I mean, albeit terribly, uh, when I was around seven or eight, believe it or not, and I would just kind of have these ideas and write them down, and um, I just loved the process. And then as I got a little bit older, I started picking up uh, instruments, and you know, we had a we had this old upright piano in our garage that was just kind of sitting there that somebody had given us, and. I would just go out there and just, you know, tinker around with it. And, and, and then I ended up teaching myself piano that way. And then, um, yeah. And then I just, you know, picked up the guitar and then I picked up music production and then it just kind of kept snowballing. Wow. So you're, so you're self-taught yourself how to make your own beats. Yeah. Yeah. What advice do you give someone that is trying to learn how to make their own beats? I'm in the process of learning and I'm sure other people are in the process and it's like, some people don't want to go and get that loan, go to that trade school and get all that. They might just want to learn from home. Yeah. Like, I don't you, think you, there's, sorry, I didn't, I interrupted you. Uh, I, I don't think you need to go and spend a bunch of money on a fancy school. I would say if you have uh, just the time and the, the willingness to what I, how I say suck until you don't, um, then you can learn everything you need to know just online, you know, YouTube university, the best way to do it is to just start. And like I said, uh, be willing to be bad at it for a really long time until you're just not, and it'll click one day or over a, you know, a period of time after you've put in enough hours. And then what you hear in your head is going to start to come out of the speakers and it's going to be great. You know what? That's true. Cause you know, Andre 2000 just released an uh, album and it was all flute. He wasn't, he, oh, didn't, cool. said he didn't, he said he didn't know any, you know, he didn't know have any traditional training. He didn't know the notes, music notes or nothing. He just yeah. went freestyle That's and incredible. it sounded amazing. So he said, now he has to actually learn it because if he goes perform live, he's not going to remember it. <laughs> yeah. <I'm sure>. <laughs> so, <laughs> got himself into quite a situation there. <laughs> yes. Wow. That's and- awesome. I'll have to check that out. Yeah, check it out because I think that, you know, I don't know if you experience, experience this, but sometimes there's a box with uh, African-American artists. Like we're putting mm-hmm. a box to where you got to just rap. Mm-hmm. You got to just do R&B. And that's yep. it. And I think Andre was trying to make a point by saying, hey, I want to do a meditation album. I don't want to yeah. break this mold. You know, what What do you think about that as a producer and someone as successful as you are? Yeah, I think that's it's so key and so important. And 
I mean, I I won't. I mean, I'm I'm Middle Eastern, and but I'm I'm you know I'm half white, so I would never go on here and say that I experience the same level of oppression um, as others. But you know, I am a woman in the music industry, and I am uh, I'm a uh, I'm a producer woman in the in the industry, mm-hmm. and so yeah, I think a lot of it is just it's about being intentional about having those conversations and, and, and really being willing to, uh, work on your own awareness, uh, in terms of the boxes that you're accidentally putting others into. Um, Mm -hmm. and you know, it's that, that's that active anti-racism work. That's, that's so crucial. And I think missing, uh, in the industry. Um, but yeah, it's, it's beautiful. I love it. I love that, you know, Lizzo plays the flute and she incorporates that. And I think that that's just one step further uh, to kind of dismantle some of those stereotypes. Yes, that's definitely. And, and also just like you said, women being, and, you know, I'm also in tech as well and in music and, you know, it's, it's sometimes it's like, they don't listen as much as they would to a man. So it's almost like you got to really stand 10 toes down. You got to be, and, you know, being, when I was a young woman trying to get a music, I was, you know, sometimes, if you're not careful, you can get into the wrong hands. Yep. What advice can you give to somebody that's like a woman that's 19, 20 years old? And she's like, my mom don't want me to do music. I don't got mm-hmm. nobody to help me. I can't afford studio equipment. How can they protect themselves in the studios? You know, that's it. That's such a great question. And I would say, you know, it's hard to know people until you know them. But mm-hmm. I would say have really clear boundaries going in. Um, and, and just kind of feel them out in terms of their conversation. So I think people tend to reveal themselves pretty quickly in one way or another, depending on the questions you ask. Uh, so if, if you're, you know, if let's say you have an opportunity to meet up with some guy producer, uh, ask him questions, you know, ask him like, when was the last time you collaborated with another woman? Uh, another female artist and what was, what would you, you know, what was that experience like? If I talked to her, would she give good, would she have good things to say? And based on those answers, you know, and a lot of the times you'll get no response, right. Which is a Mm -hmm. bad sign, but just based on those answers, that should give you enough information to know, okay, is this a safe person? Mm Because if they're very open about it and they're like, oh yeah, here's her number, call her anytime. That's a good sign, right? It yeah. means that that person is is probably clean and respectful. Um, so just mm-hmm. kind of using like a pre-screening process before you actually go and 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 meet someone, especially if you're going mm-hmm. alone. Um, I think that that's so that's so important and so helpful and can prevent a lot of these terrible interactions that happen way too often. Yeah, are getting manipulated, you know? Yeah, and just- yeah. You know, ask somebody, ladies, like, even if you don't have a family member or cousins or nobody to talk to, ask somebody else and say, hey, this sound right to you, this person. I remember when I yeah. was in college, this guy was telling me to move into his house with these other girls so they so I can do the girl group, whatever. Oh, and he wow. said, move into his house. This was in Atlanta. You know, Atlanta, you know, was yeah, you know, red a place for music. Yeah. And I was just like, I'm not, and I was only 19. I was, I really wanted to do music. I was born in Arnstein, Atlanta. And I said, uh-uh. Mm-hmm. No, I'm not doing it. That's because I, I just, even though I didn't have that the support system, but I, yeah, on but you had the wherewithal. I just had the the knowledge. I said, no, nah, I'd rather just wait. I'd rather not get where I want and, yeah. and just wait. And that's what women should like. 
that's what girls should do. And that's what I try to tell women. Like, don't feel like you got to rush because they oh, yeah. tell you, you got to be 25 to be a singer. No, mm -hmm. you know, do it your way, especially if you're not trying to be, uh, you know, because that's the thing. Like sometimes they want you to be a pop singer. They yep. want you to just follow the pop singer role. And I don't see anything wrong with pop singers, but some artists don't just want to be a pop singer. Yeah. So it's just about having that patience and not just saying, okay, I'm just going to go and live in somebody random house, you know? Yeah. And it's about, it's also about, um, you know, having that love and, and respect for self, right? That like, mm -hmm. I'm not just going to go and say yes to the first person who gives me compliments. Right. And it's, yeah. it's about having that like bolstered sense of, of, of worth and not just in yourself, but in your music and, and your purpose uh, and just believing that, you know, you're actually the one who should be uh, choosy about the guys mm -hmm. you work with, you know, and not being on the other, you know, switching that dynamic where you're sort of like just grateful for any sort of validation. So that yeah. mindset shift can really make a big difference, I think. Snap, snap. Yeah, that's very true. I love oh that you said that because it's it's a tough industry, and but we it can be fruitful. Oh, yeah. And what is your thoughts on independent artists? Because I know that's a big conversation. Um, you know, Akon mentioned on the was it wasn't the Breakfast Club, but he was on a one of those podcasts. I watch a lot of podcasts, but he was saying that he'd rather be with a label because it's more it's it's more it's structured than being independent. But to me, independent is being independent is freedom, and also a lot of artists may not have that opportunity to be with a major. What do you what what advice can you give independent artists that want to just do music full time? Maybe they don't want to work a job. Like what can they yeah. do? Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm glad you brought this up because my main thing that I do uh, is sync licensing, which is licensing music to film and TV. And I teach other artists to do that as well, because it's so hard to make an income from music otherwise. Right. If you're going the independent route. Mm -hmm. And and so I, I would say if you're going to go the independent route, I applaud you. I mean, I'm going the independent route. I I actually don't like record labels i think that they're very predatory and it's very um investment oriented uh, and they're just kind of focused on numbers and you know that's their job they're a business but mm -hmm. uh if you're going to go the independent route and you want music to be your full-time job as in your you know one of your main sources of income uh and have that sort of creative and financial freedom then I would say you should definitely investigate sync licensing and see if that is an avenue that could work for you because it can fund the not the, not, not only is it fun to make that music, but it can fund financially the music mm -hmm. that you want to make for your artist project. So it's kind of you create this kind of internal independent mm -hmm. system um, where you're 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 not reliant on anybody else to tell you what to do, you know, and mm -hmm. that's that's true freedom to me, right? You kind of just get to make the music you love and get paid for it and, and grow from there. You know what? That's so true because I'm actually trying to get in the same lines of scene, you know, um, now tech became like, I would say quote unquote, my record deal. Cause that's what's what funded my recording studio is getting in tech. Yeah. I like tech. I don't like it as a regular job, but mm -hmm. I like technology, Yeah, but it saved me in a, in a sense because you know, a lot of times when you're trying to, people want you to focus on one thing and I get why, but at the time I said, I need, I don't want to keep going to these studios, these guys, I want to depend mm -hmm. on them. I want to have my own studio. And I had to learn tech. Yeah. Now, um, what I was going to say was that, so some of the independent artists, if they got to figure out what they want to do, right? So let's say 
they not they don't really want to do cover songs. I know this girl out mm-hmm. here, she's killing it with cover songs at casinos. I'm in Vegas. Mm-hmm. I don't want to do that. Yeah. <laughs> so Sync likes to sing. I saw Broad Jam, all these different sites. Oh, I mean, you know, I know you have a program, but what's the what's something you can tell somebody, some advice you can give someone to get into sync licensing? And do they have to have variety of different types of songs? See, mm-hmm. because you might have to have one ratchet song, you might have to have one jazz song, you might have to have one country song. If you're that if you're that versatile, aren't you more it's more an opportunity for you to get selected? Well, yes and no. It all depends, right? And the okay. beautiful thing about sync licensing is that it's not just the music industry. It's the film and TV and ad industry. And if mm-hmm. you just take one minute to think about how huge that is, you can you can imagine that the opportunities in terms of the needs for different genres are unlimited. You know, there's mm-hmm. TV shows that are, you know, based in the 60s and there's TV shows that are based in the future and the, the 1800s and there's TV shows, you know, mm-hmm. that are based in today's time and they're using all sorts of music, you know. So in that sense, mm-hmm. sync licensing is for everyone. However, I have found in my experience that if you focus on two or three sort of similar genres, you have more success only because you after you do it a while, the people you work with, so the, the agencies and the music supervisors, they kind of get to know you for that sound. And then you become mm. the go-to, let's say, oh. if you're a hip-hop artist or, you know, a, a top 40 or whatever, you know, and they go, oh, they think of Sequoia. Okay, Sequoia does that, right? And mm-hmm. then they'll, they're will they more likely to go to you because they know that that's kind of your area of expertise. So I found that that's helpful. But yes, if you can mm. do it all, do it all, you know, just, Mm -hmm. just try to narrow it down to a few different ones as your main thing Mm -hmm. so that you can sort of build up that reputation as somebody who delivers well in that area. And what I'll say to your first question is if somebody wanted to get started in learning about sync licensing today, just go to YouTube, right? And Google what is music licensing. And then you'll probably have to watch a few videos, maybe spend an hour or two of your time and just understand the basics of what it is. Then the Mm -hmm. second thing I would do is go through your catalog of music or songs that you have written already. And they can be, they don't have to be finished. They can, they can be ideas. They can be demos, whatever. And just pick three to five Mm -hmm. of them that you think "Mm, I could, I could hear this in a TV show or I could hear this on an ad. Mm -hmm. And then Find a community, a free community on Facebook or whatever. There's hundreds of them out there, you know, Facebook groups and stuff and just join them and and be like, hey, guys, what do you think of these songs for sync and start to get some feedback? Right. Mm. And then that feedback is going to help you learn. Okay, how do I really write for sync licensing? How do I actually get involved? And then once you've got a catalog, you know, of, of two to three finished songs that are strong for sync licensing. So songs that really work for film and TV, once you've got those and they're done, uh, then you just start pitching them to agencies and you just Google music licensing agencies. Those are the people who pitch the music to the opportunities that pay. Right. And you just Mm. submit your music to them and you just Google music licensing agencies and you're going to get hundreds of them that come up, uh, submit the submit to the ones that, use your kind of music. So you got to do a little bit of research. Uh, And then, you know, it's a numbers game at that point. You know, if you submit to 20 Mm -hmm. agencies, maybe three will get back. 
The era of automotive advances with the all-electric Polestar 2, now with faster charging, improved EPA estimated range of up to 320 miles, and advanced safety technology. It's time you move up to Polestar 2. What are you waiting for? Polestar 2. Experience awe-inspiring performance combined with luxury design as standard. The time is now. The all-electric Polestar 2. To learn more, book a test drive and order today at polestarcolumbus.com. Polestar 2. It's time has Come. Ladies and gents, jazz up your New Year's Eve with the renowned Jeff Hamilton Organ Trio. Swing in the new year at the Lincoln Theater with an unforgettable evening of soulful Hammond B3 organ sounds by Akiko, Saruga, and dynamic guitar work by Steve Kolbachek, led by renowned drummer Jeff Hamilton. This trio is a powerhouse of talent that will get you moving and grooving into 2024 with style. Join us December 29th at the Lincoln Theater. Visit jazzartsgroup.org for tickets and information. And they'll say, yes, we want your music. Great. And then Mm. from that point, they're just going to start pitching your music. And it can be as simple as that. Now, that whole process can take months, of course, especially if you're doing it on your own and without any guidance or or mentorship. But you can do it. You know, anybody can do it if they start today. So that's that's my spiel on that. Man, I mean, this is exciting for me because artists now can have some some hope that they can actually do this full time because, you know, I... I'm trying to get to sing like sing, which I'll be booking with you soon. Yeah, do uh, it. Come just, on over. Just me with that because I just, you know, I've been on, I'm on broad jam, but it's, you know, I'm not, I'm not, if I can't tell you I'm going hundred percent. I'm not sure. It's certain, you know, I'm still trying to, I'm recording at home. I'm trying to mm-hmm. learn certain things. And sometimes, you know, like you said, that investment, you do have to invest to get engine, you know, mixing properly and all that stuff. So sure. Some artists, you know, and cause I don't, I'm not a good mixer yet, but <laughs> I'm trying to get there. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, Basically, I saw that you also have a, a bit like an Airbnb. Yeah, I do um, short-term rentals. Yep. So what what made you get into that as well on the side? My love for music. I wanted to start building financial freedom. Uh, at the time, I was working in restaurants post-college, just trying to figure out what the hell to do and how to how to make this music thing work. Um, and so I I was like, all right, well, Airbnb was kind of a starting to get popular at the time. And so, um, my ex-partner then, and I got into it and, um, it's proved to be really a great investment. And, um, you know, it's, I would say that it's starting to get really saturated. So I would caution anyone looking to get into it to just be really careful and do your research, but it's been a really great, uh, source of, uh, investment income. That's amazing because yeah, I believe in diversifying your income because yeah, that's important. And like I said, you know, they say uh, be a master of what was it? Master one is better than a master of no, none. Master, yeah. So basically, saying if you uh if you become a master of several things is better than a master of one. It was some type of quote like that. Yeah, but I know what you mean. If I hadn't if I hadn't segued in tech, I would have been. It just yeah. would have been different right now for my life. And absolutely, you know, that's why I tell artists, please be open to doing certain things because tech is close to music. Everybody in tech does music. Like, yeah, I mean, I'd be like, oh, I did, dang, you're good at logic. You're good at this. What's a good DAO system that you recommend for people? Because, you know, logic, you got GarageBand. I use GarageBand right now because I'm a baby, but. <laughs> GarageBand, you know, honestly, I say logic is GarageBand's older sister, right? Yeah. Uh, GarageBand, you can get enough done that you need to get done in order to make something that sounds viable. But Mm -hmm. when you upgrade to logic, 
Um, and I use logic and I, I recommend logic, especially for people who are starting out because I think it's very intuitive mm. as opposed to pro tools, because pro tools is more for huge audio audio editing. Like if you're recording orchestras or, you know, 10 piece bands and you need all of that functionality and you can do that in logic too, but I think the interface is set up more for producing tracks, you know, uh, you know, beats and stuff like that. Um, so, but yeah, GarageBand is a great place to start, especially if you're just starting from nothing, definitely get into GarageBand. It's free. If you have a MacBook, uh, just go in there, play around, get familiar with the process of piecing music together. And then when you feel like GarageBand, you'll know when you feel like, ah, I can't do what I want to do right in GarageBand, mm -hmm. then it's time yeah. to upgrade to the big sister logic. You and know, I, yeah, I noticed that. Yeah, yeah. It is not bad because I just bought the the Apple Mini, like that little com little yep. computer in the little box. Yep. I just bought it and it because I not bought the big boy because I wanted the terabyte. Yeah, yeah, I wanted yeah. all that terabyte. So I said, <laughs> yeah. I said, okay, so I'm excited to use my Mini and I'm about to get the logic. Yes, do it. <laughs> because I have a song called Whiskey coming out and I want to get a whiskey deal. Yes, I love that. So a rapper that was doing that and he would work with, you know, he was very brass and confident. Mm -hmm. And I think confidence matters in the music industry. He was so yeah. confident in himself. Like couldn't tell him nothing. He'll get out there. He'll meet with the biggest of the biggest. And he was smart to boot. Yep. He read very well. And that's how he was getting these liquor placements and stuff. He was just working with liquor companies. Yeah. And that's a that's an interesting thing. That's what I'm trying to do is get that. So I, I can't wait to talk to you more about that. When, that's when very smart. Yeah, definitely. Send it over. I'd love to hear it, what you're working on, too. Well, it, yeah, it's messed up because I made a beat myself. <laughs> the All voice right. sounds fine. But then when I'm, I'm like the, the beat. I, and the crazy thing is one thing I want to talk to you about, too, is that sometimes as an artist, you can record a song, right? And you are you produced it. Mm -hmm. But then. You can't find somebody to help you with the beat because they don't yeah. get it. They don't get yeah. your vision. Yeah. And it's that's hard. I it mean, is hard. You know, but what would you say to somebody? Like maybe they have to because I guess that'll be a band if I don't I don't know if it'd be a band though, because it depends on what type of song you want. Well, I would say the first step is because music is a language, right? And even music yeah. production has its own language. I would say know enough about your vision and learn the language of music production enough to be able to communicate to an outside producer. Let's say, I don't think you need to be getting in a band, so to speak, like you said, in order to have good collaborators. But I do yeah. think learning this language of music production just on a very basic level will help you communicate with someone that you're hiring so that you can more efficiently tell them, what you want so that there's less of the back and forth and frustration yeah. potentially you not getting the sound that you're craving you know yeah Just don't go to fiber yeah you know yeah. Fiber all I mean, the time, like you I know, there's there's great it's people on fiverr but again you have to mm -hmm. be able to you can't just expect those people to read your mind, right? You have to be yeah. able to communicate exactly what you want. And references are a great way to do that too, because references True. like sending like three or four reference tracks and being like, match this vibe that that'll get you 80% of the way there. If they're a smart producer, you know, there so, we go. Cause when I sent it to them, they were like, Oh, it sounds good the way it already is. There's nothing I can do. I'm like, bro, <laughs> producer, how does it sound good the way it is? So I thought yeah. that was interesting. I'm going to send yeah. it to you and let you, Tell me, but yeah. um, yeah, for now sure. I want to talk about artificial intelligence. Mm. So, what is your thought on that? You know, there was a situation with Drake. Um, somebody pretended they were Drake. They took his voice, his likeness, and Drake had to go and sue him and stuff like that. Oh wow! Um, <laughs> and find them. 
and it's a lot of that going on with AI. You even people are even making beats with AI. Do you yeah. think that's getting into the pockets of producers or is it enhancing the producer? That's a great question. I think I think we are not gonna know for a while really how it plays out. But what yeah. I will say is we are already using AI in everything we do, right? So even when you open up a logic session, there's tons of artificial intelligence already at work, right? Mm -hmm. The plugins that we use, the the sounds that we're using, the MIDI instruments, that's all artificial intelligence already that we're that we've been using for years, right? So mm -hmm. I think it's just, I think like anything, there's going it's gonna be a pendulum where because humans, we always go to the extremes, right? Mm -hmm. That's just human nature. We always have to push the limit to learn where the boundaries are. And then it naturally brings itself back. So yeah, I think you're going to see people using AI to produce music and that's going to kind of show it, like show itself what it really is in a few years in terms of if it's ethical or not. I mean, I don't know, because we're already using AI. So what's the difference between using a MIDI instrument, you know, versus using an AI software that's just using that same MIDI instrument, except for you're just telling it what to what to play for you, you know? So um, I won't comment on the on the ethics or the morality of yeah. it, but I will say that I am a fan of technology. I think technology is what uh, is responsible for the access that we have as artists today, you know, you and I could not be doing what we're doing without the advancement of technology. Mm -hmm. And so I think we just need to be careful, use our best judgment. Don't be lazy, you know, mm -hmm. um, try yeah. to still be creative and, and, and own the process. But at the same time, if something can make your process faster, then why not do that? So I think it's, yeah. I think, yeah, I think, I think it's a, I think it's nuanced. I don't think there's a black or white, you know, perspective on it, but time will tell. Yeah, <laughs> I think, I, and, and that's true. I think personally it enhanced my life. I mean, yeah. I mean, I love creating AI art, you know, I, you know, yeah. uh, mid journey and uh, Dolly and it's just fun to me. I mean, the, you know, the curiosity side of me comes out and I'll, I get to create something that, you know, I was always a painter. I was naturally a painter, yeah. but you know, creating, having AI is like, in like my background here is AI mid journey. Yeah. I created this from out of my head. Oh, and that's they cool. Were like, yeah, I created that. And they'd be like, oh, you you know, you can't copyright it. Well, here's the thing with that. If I wrote the command, which to me is a code that they mm -hmm. simulated through mid-journey, why can't I copyright it? I created, I still created it. Even if right. they this stuff from the internet, I created that prompt. They didn't yeah. create the prompt. Right. I still think it should be copyrighted, but you know, some some artists disagree and you know it'll it'll so. and i i think you're gonna see that but it's like it's like i said it's gonna take years for for that to to be reflected in the culture and the laws i mean look at the music industry we're still fighting laws you know streaming laws and and royalty laws that were written in the 50s you know we're still trying to rewrite them you know so it's it's just human nature it just things take time and that's a good segue because the whole what, what just happened with Spotify about them mm -hmm. saying that they're not going to pay the small artists the full royalties. It's going to be some type of pool, and whoever got the most streams get the most money. It's, I think it's a thousand. You need to have a thousand streams minimum, right, in order oh. to get paid. Yeah, I think they're still paying on a pool. They've always paid on a pool. 
Okay. But I think now it's if you if your song doesn't have a thousand streams, you're not gonna get paid. But if you do the math on that, it's like three cents. So but yeah. the but the amount of artists that are on Spotify, the amount of songs on Spotify that are under a thousand streams, that amounts to over forty million dollars that is going mm. to be reallocated to artists whose songs are a thousand streams or above. So when you zoom out like that and you see the whole picture, especially when you're talking about three cents, right? And you're like, okay, mm -hmm. well, is three cents, it's three cents or 30 cents or something like very, like nothing, you know, like it's not going to make a difference. You start to see like, okay, I kind of get that. But here's the thing about Spotify and what artists have to understand about streaming the simple concept, well, it's not simple, but the mm -hmm. common concept of supply and demand plays out a lot here because you have to understand that there are, I think, over 40 or 50,000 songs uploaded to Spotify per day, right? Yeah. So needless to say, competition is fierce. From, an, from an economics perspective, right? That means the supply is way higher than the demand, right? Like there's so much more music than people even have the time to listen to, right? That part. <laughs> so you have to think about it like, okay, also from, from the financial perspective, if you, if artists want to just get a thousand streams and, you know, make and, and let that make them enough money to live off of or to, you know, reinvest into their music, that money's got to come from somewhere. Right. So nice. the other, there's two options, right? One option is Spotify can start charging people 150 bucks a month to use their service and that might cover it. Right. Mm. The other option, and this is the worst option for artists is that Spotify puts a paywall up for who can put their music out. Right. Mm. Because if you want to get paid more, then that means there's going to have to be less music to pay out. Right. And that's kind oh. of what they're doing with the thousand stream thing, especially because mm. it's like it's like sense. Right. That nobody's really going to miss. But total together, it's 40 million bucks. Right. But yeah. what they're going to have to do is if you want your 10,000 streams even to pay you more money, you know, let's say 500 bucks a month, that's 50 cents a stream. Right. Or I might mm. be getting my math wrong there, but um that means that those other 47 cents are going to have to come from somewhere which means that in order for Spotify to be able to afford that they're going to they're going to have to limit the number of songs on the platform right which mm, means okay which means it's going to create a barrier for artists mm. who maybe can't afford to put music out right so maybe they'll charge artists 30 bucks a month right to put to have music on the platform right mm -hmm. and then that's gonna i mean 30 bucks a month is affordable yeah. for most people but yeah. it's going to be like another another barrier to enter another wall. just yeah. to release the music so again a nuanced conversation i see both sides you know i yeah. would love to just get a thousand streams and make a thousand bucks but unfortunately in order for that to happen it would mean that you and probably 10,000 other artists don't get to put their music online. And you know what? That's you know a good what I'm perspective. So yeah, that's a good perspective. Got to see the whole picture, you know. It does make sense cuz you know someone else said something something to what you just said on YouTube and I was like, "Hmm. 
you know, because it, it is it is a lot of artists out now. So it is it is kind of hard to to pay everybody the same. But wouldn't that get people into the dot com era, like creating their own website? This should behoove them to should say, be. OK. It's the Planet Fitness You Can Still Join a Gym in 2023 sale. Now through December 29th, join for just $1 down, $10 a month, and you can still do that thing you said you'd do 11 and a half months ago. With over 2,400 locations and equipment for every workout, you can get in, get energized, and get going. And with free fitness training and most clubs open 24 hours, everyone belongs in the judgment-free zone. It's not too late. This can still be your year. So join today for just $1 down, $10 a month, cancel any time, and pay nothing until January 17th. Hurry. Deal ends Friday, December 29th. See club for details. All right, here we are. You promised yourself you'll get fit and healthy. 2024 is going to be different, right? But why is it different? Because you've got body on your side. That's Body with an I, the health and fitness app that is proven to deliver results. Whatever that goal is in front of you, we're sprinting towards it right now. Our subscribers lose 5 to 10 pounds in their first month, and we think you will too. Let's make this your year. There's even a home gym starter kit, a $100 value, free when you sign up for a year of body. This is the training that's going to get you the results. And body has over 120 structured home workout programs. No matter how experienced you are or what you're into, there is a program that will work for you. And body has the largest fitness community on the planet. There are literally thousands of success stories. Nobody does results better than body. And right now, when you sign up for a one-year body membership, you'll get a $100 home gym starter kit for free. Listen, if you don't succeed, you get your money back and keep the $100 in equipment as body's gift just for trying. Sign up today at body.com. That's body with an I.com. You know, like, let me sell my song. Let me push this website. Let me put ads on this website. Absolutely. You know, I, I just took an ads training maybe like last year. I think it was last year. Yeah, last year. And it changed my life. Like, yeah. The way to target and get the right people to hear what you're saying. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's like you're kind of pulling their attention to you. And right. even if there's a million others out there, you you the one that did the ad, mm-hmm. you know. And I think that's important for artists to learn ads. You Absolutely. know, and I I don't I'm not knocking these uh, platforms, stream platforms, but I think you should pull push people to your website Absolutely. because then you're the king. Because that's that's your business. That's your baby. You own it. Absolutely. Yeah. I'm glad you I'm glad you brought that up because I think another big thing that artists miss with this whole streaming thing is you don't own your business. Your business is completely reliant on the Spotify algorithm. You know, Mm -hmm. same thing with posting to social media, same thing with um, you know, doing any sort of algorithmic promotion where you're reliant on the technology of some other company. And that's again, Mm -hmm. not to same shameless self-promotion. That's why I teach sync because you're completely in control of the music that you put out and the money that comes to you. There's only one other person involved and it's your sync agency who is completely and 100% incentivized to make you be successful because if you get a placement, Mm -hmm. they get paid too. So it's this perfect system that benefits everyone involved. And there's no Spotify, there's no algorithm, there's no chance involved, you know, and something like Facebook ads, like you're saying, I'm assuming you're talking about Facebook. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, Facebook and Google. And Google, yeah. These ads, there you can design them to be 
intentional. And so where you're in control of the results, because after you run a couple of ads, you start to learn, oh, okay, if I put this much money, I get these results, right? So then you can start mm -hmm. to be like, okay, well, if I want these results, how much money do I have to put in, right? And then you become in control of your business as opposed to, yes. well, I'll just put my music on TikTok and hope for the best, you know, which yeah. it works for some people and I'm not knocking mm -hmm. it. And if you, and if you find that fun and valuable, I've done it. We've all done it right but mm -hmm. but you're playing against a, a thousands of competitors first of all yeah and, and you're playing on chance because the tiktok algorithm is designed to basically you know make you keep coming back keep posting. Yes. it doesn't want you to win because if you mm -hmm. win then you take your audience off of tiktok Right. Yep. They don't want yep. that. Right? I like it. You said that. Yeah. So it's a, it's a, and you, and then you end up getting stuck, right? Cause you're beholden to TikTok. Your entire fan base is on TikTok. You need them. Right. And, and again, it comes stressful that way. Yeah, exactly. It's stressful and you don't own it. You're not in control. There's no other way mm -hmm. for you to, to get in touch with your fans who want, who love you and want to support you and want to give you their money. But but, you know, if if you take them off of the TikTok, then TikTok punishes you for that. You know, so it's like it's just this whole thing where you're you're giving up control over your music business um, mm -hmm. as, as opposed to, you know, kind of learning the paths less followed and and where they have the most reward. So anyway, I'm off on a tangent, but I'm glad you brought no, that up. No, I love it. This is a, this is great. Yeah. I think because you're, you're on the same frequency as me as yeah. far as like music and stuff. And I already felt that when I read your information, I already felt your energy because this is the thing that the entrepreneur shot side, this is people understand music is a business first mm -hmm. and art is great. We can, a lot of people can say, but business is first to get that income coming in. And, yep. and this is, and this is why you should book somebody, you know, a coach like Nisma to teach you guys how to do this. What is the, what is the, um, so your coaching program, is it one-on-one -on -one or is it like in a group? Like so it's a, so it's a, it's a course and it's okay. a group coaching. So you get one year of access. And the, my favorite thing that I'm excited to, that, that I get to bring artists is so Every three months, I actually bring in sync licensing agents from my network and music supervisors, and you get to pitch your music to them straight away. So not only am I teaching you how to make music for sync with the course and the program and you're getting feedback, but I'm also giving you every three months opportunities to actually pitch your music to these people, make relationships with these people. Um, and I'm for the right people, I'm guaranteeing that at the end of the year, you'll get at least two of your songs signed into one of these agencies um, and, or or your money back. That's how confident I am that, you know, people are going to succeed in in this type of environment. Well, this is very inspiring because, I mean, come on, y'all. She a boss. She got a song. <laughs> you got a song placed in, what was it, Love Island? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I was listening to a song set. Oh my God. You know, cause I'm, I'm a TV girl and I'll be listening to these songs. Cause you know, the artists and me, and I said, okay, this pop sound, they like that type of vibe of yeah. violin and all that stuff. And that song was the bomb that you have. And like, that's impressive. So thank you. Come on y'all. Y'all have to work with Nisma because she's somebody that's not just talking. You got a lot of people online that's just talking. Don't really, you know, a lot of, the, she's not just talking, she's doing the work, you know, and you, and, and sometimes we need a mentor. We want to do everything on our own, but if you find the right person, Mm -hmm. everything just blows up. That's yeah. how it works.
So that's why I'm like, man. Well, thank you. Definitely. <laughs> Come welcome. on over. Anyone who, who feels like they resonate with what I'm talking about, uh, you're more than welcome up to talk and, and see if I can help you. You know, I'm not trying to sell anybody anything they don't want, but I am looking to help people who are interested in helping themselves. And that's one of my joys in life. So. Yes. Snap, snap. Yeah. So before we, you know, uh, cause now we're getting past the time, but <laughs> it's been so much before, fun. <laughs> we got to do a part two. We got to do like a, yeah, a we do session something. Cause totally. I mean, we're, we're, we're vibing out here. Maybe we can help. I feel like we can help change some lives with music because a lot of these conversations, there's so much information on YouTube and it's great, but a lot of these conversations aren't being, we need yeah. more conversations like this about independence yeah. and strength. Absolutely. You know, and, and trying to help people not so much just be followers, but really take control of their life because you don't want to end up doing something you don't want to do for the rest of your life. You want to, you want to have a fruitful life. Yeah. Um, so what is, what is one of the favorite things you can say about being an entrepreneur and being an artist? Like, what is your favorite thing? That it, naturally leads you toward financial and creative freedom because when mm -hmm. you own your own not just your own assets but when you own your own system so your own business system you get to decide when you work how often you work why you work why you show up the projects you work on the projects you don't work on you're your own boss i mean it's just it's a life that is truly by design, by your design and not by the design of society and, you know, the powers that be, you know, get up, go to work 30 years, retire, then maybe travel mm. and then die. Right. Very sad yeah. existence that probably 99% of people experience. And there's mm -hmm. nothing wrong with that. I'm not knocking that, you know, and, and there's good people far and wide who have done good things for the world. Uh, but for me, I just... I, I love that business provides that level of freedom and that level of intentionality in life. And, uh, as an artist, as a musician, I feel that, you know, I was born, I wasn't born with this music bug on accident. I feel that music is really important and really impactful on the world. And if I get to do, if I get to make music and also be free, then that's living, you know? So, yeah. <laughs> oh, man. And see, every time you say something, I'll be like, oh, I'm going to ask sometimes. <laughs> Start making these shows back to an hour again. Why did I do? Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> what did I do? Um, no, I was going to ask you, like, what does success mean to you exactly? Because what happens is some people have this warped idea of success. Like, I got to be, I don't know, Taylor Swift to be deemed successful in music. Mm. What advice can you give somebody that just maybe just didn't get Taylor Swift way, but can't they just be as successful as Taylor Swift in a different way? Absolutely. I mean, I think, I think it depends on, this is going to sound a little philosophical, but I, I define success for myself as how at peace with myself I feel and mm -hmm. how in alignment I, how, how aligned I feel with my, you know, values and purpose and whatever else, you know, um, However, that's me, you know, so if somebody is saying that they, that they feel that their purpose is to become the next Taylor Swift and they won't be happy until that happens, then go become Taylor Swift. You've got to do it. You've got to, you've yeah. got to, and don't stop and don't you dare because 
Taylor Swift changes lives as corny as some of her, mm -hmm. her white boy hating songs can be, you know, she really has made a big difference in a lot of people's lives. Uh, mm -hmm. and I love, I love her. I think her songwriting is really, I think she's truly a genius and she's a business genius too, just side mm -hmm. note. But, yes, but anyway, is. you know, so it's, but, but to lock yourself into that just arbitrarily can be harmful just to say like, Oh, well, if I haven't reached the tippy tippy top, then I haven't, mm -hmm. then it, then my journey and my success isn't valid at all. I don't think that that's a healthy perspective. And if you, cause, cause again, if, if you feel like, you know, being yourself is, you know, just making songs quietly in your bedroom and just having a nice solid following of people and a nice steady income, then you're successful as long as that's how you feel is true for you, you know? So I don't know if I'm expressing this or communicating this no, very clearly, sense. but, uh, that's how I define success for myself. And, and also to note that that can change throughout life. And I think often does, you know, so. You just said something like snap, snap, because yeah. it does change yeah. the way I felt at 20 and how I feel now. Absolutely. Just completely different. Totally. Like, there was a time hide. when I wanted to be famous. And now I'm like, I would do anything to avoid fame because my values are different. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because I wasn't educated enough. I wasn't thinking critically when I was 20. I used to think fame meant money, mm -hmm. but fame doesn't always mean money. You can be famous and broke. Mm -hmm. So I realized I'd rather just be behind the scenes a little bit and just make and make that income so I can yep. travel and meet other people and sing all around the world. That's what I'd rather do now. Yeah. So I'd rather just have a little ukulele, sing my weird music, because I say my music kind of Vante Garde a little bit, you know. You love Vante it. Garde. I love Vante <laughs> Vante Garde. That's so funny. <laughs> no, I found that word. This is funny. I was on Broad Jam. I was trying to find, I was like, hmm, I want to submit some, some of my music. And the guy said he's looking for Vante Garde music. So I started listening to some of it, and I said, oh, I got some songs kind of weird like that. Yeah. And, you know... <laughs> And I just and this is and that's my mission is to tell Avante Gardens abstract because I created my own genre called Abstract Soul. Yeah. Abstract Soul artists to be confident because mm -hmm. if you if everybody pushes, then it's just gonna become a thing, it's gonna become normal. Yeah. Because now it's it's becoming more normal now. You hear more Vante Gardens, you hear Garde artists, you hear more abstract artists because now it's just becoming more norm. Yeah, normal. Absolutely. So man. So that's 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 one of the things that I'm pushing for is to artists to really just be themselves because it's, yeah. it's fun that way. Because when I was trying to be somebody I wasn't, it turned sour. Like I was bored. Mm -hmm. I was like, it's boring. I don't do this. Yeah. But then when I just got back to being myself, I was like, this is fun. And yeah. I remember when I was on MySpace, so MySpace was, I don't know what it was about MySpace. I don't know if you experienced this too, but at the time, MySpace, people was really listening to your music. Like yes. people was really listening yeah it didn't matter if you weren't famous or not i was like and i remember that somebody from bad boy and said they wrote me and said you are an unorthodox is f <laughs> i don't know why anybody's listening to you oh I wow said, you come on my page yeah <laughs> telling me i'm unorthodox because you don't understand me I yeah said, and he was like because at the time rihanna just came out he was oh. like and i me and her were kind of the same age he was like why don't you just start doing some Rihanna songs and you'll start blowing up? I said, I'm already blowing up with, with what I'm doing now. Yeah. You know, at the time I couldn't keep the momentum because I didn't have a recording studio. I didn't have sure. the means at back then. I was only 20 years old. I didn't have any cheese to yeah. keep that up. But it was like that 
defining moment when people wanted to hear something different. Because yeah. I did a remake of Slime Family Stones, If You Want Me to Stay, and I changed oh, the cool. whole lyrics around. And a lot of people don't know Slime and Family Stones. So you got new yeah. kids, little kids listening. They're like, yeah, yeah I like this. They don't really listen to a remake of old school song. I was bringing yep. back some some soul. And it's nice. Love to hear I just that. had to bring that story up because no, I think the that's way, an excellent point. Yeah, because the way MySpace was, it just felt more, I don't know, authentic. And TikTok is is kind of like dancing with MySpace as far as authentic authenticity. Mm -hmm. And they have a music, I think you can add your music now and have a catalog and stuff. And that's fine, you know, but I'm not adding it. But I'm I'm now uh, I'm now uh, pro, you know promoting the website promoting my mm -hmm. website. <laughs> yeah, I I love that. I love so the two things you said that stuck out to me were, you know, make the music that is feels true to you because it's it's much it's so easy to imitate other people. But if it means it's easy for you, it's easy for everybody else too, right? So you've mm -hmm. already you've already you're already losing if you're doing that, right? Because you're or you're making it harder for yourself. It's much easier to be you because you're you and nobody else is right. Yeah. Um, so that's the first thing. The second thing is, um, Oh, it's the one point you just made and it slipped my brain. If you've been hurt by a truck, you can call Colombo law 24 seven and we'll be there to make sure you're taken care of. When someone is hurt by a truck, Colombo law is the law firm. People call to get answers hurt by a truck. Call Colombo law. It's going to come back to me. But, oh, the website. The website. No, the website. Yes. Um, and that goes back to what I was saying about owning your business. Because mm -hmm. if if you can direct traffic to your website and capture those leads, you know, actually, which, you know, is just a, a term for like their, their contact information, right? Then they become your, you know, their information becomes yours, right? And you can use it um, to further your goals without the agenda of, TikTok and all these other platforms. Mm. So you know what? That's true. And you can. And the thing is, if you're if somebody is intimidated by tech or whatever, get on Shopify or get on. Yeah. You know, and of course, Fiverr has people too. But I'd say Shopify is the easiest place to start because mm. at least you can kind of uh, paste and stuff, paste, uh, drop in, select, and it's easier yeah. to use. And it's better than Wix to me because it's more. It's in the search engines. It's it's just it's just more it's just better sites. So I would say use Shopify. Yeah, definitely. And, you know they also have Shopify people that can help you if you have the money. You can pay them to help you because I had to code some stuff in myself to make it the way I want it. And yeah. I still don't have exactly where I want, but it's a, it's a website and it's still function functional yeah. and it looks good. So yeah. Don't be intimidated by absolutely, a absolutely. And you don't need anything overly fancy. You know mm -hmm. something simple that just gets people in your inbox and there's a way for you to share your music and make some money. It's all you need. I love it. So what, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna ask you one or two more questions and I'll, I'll let you go. Yeah, so no, no. what is your songwriting process? Because, you know, I had someone say, you know, I had a song called chocolate man. It wasn't melodic. You know, it was mm. like, it's not melodic, but it's a good song. Yeah. And then I had, you know, and then I've worked with producers that make me melodic. And mm -hmm. I, I just, when I write, I don't know what it is. I may not be melodic when I write. What, sure. Does somebody always got to be melodic or, or how, you know, what are you, what's your advice? I mean, I think at the end of the day, so my songwriting process is I tend to work with concepts. So if I get like a, like a good idea for a song, that tends to motivate me to start writing. And I usually start writing the lyrics or the ideas 
and then I will adjust the melodies as I see fit. So if I feel like there could be a stronger melody, you know, I'll write the stronger melody and then, but, but at the end of the day, what I'm going for is the feeling, right? Mm -hmm. So when I'm listening back to what I've written, everything, every part, every line, every word has to hit me uh, a certain way or else I mm -hmm. feel like it's not done for me. Um, mm. and I call that intentional songwriting. Um, and so I guess you could say, I, I, I mean, uh, yeah, it's mm. intentional songwriting in that I'm not making songwriting decisions just to say that I finished a song, you know, and this is more for my own artist stuff. I won't do that for, you know, sync stuff. Cause that can be a lot simpler, yeah, uh, less complicated, but, um, but I will, I will, I will, yeah, I won't stop writing until I feel like it gives me that feeling, which is hard mm. to describe, right? But you know what I'm talking about, if you know what I'm talking about, right? The feeling where it's like, yes, this is, yes, this is it, right? That's mm -hmm. gotta, it, it's, I gotta have that feeling throughout the whole song or else it's not done. So that's kind of my process. I love that because that's, that's how I feel. Like if I don't feel it, I'm like, man, it don't even matter how good it sounds. If I don't feel it, I ain't putting it out. Exactly. And, yeah. And that's so true. So it's, it's, it's just staying true to yourself more so. And, and then if you, you know, I just think sometimes, I guess for certain like love Island or certain uh, type of uh, shows, you might have to be a little bit more melodic, but sure. at the same time, still pitch everything you can. Absolutely. You pitch everything you got. Yeah, there's a place for everything and you don't have to be super deep with sync stuff, which is which is fun. It allows it to just be less serious too. And you're just making songs because it's fun and they get placed and you know, you get paid. It's great. Man, I'm excited. I can't I just I'm excited again to syncing because it's, yeah. it's one of those things where you're just you're making money, do what you want to do, you're chilling and stuff. I mean, yeah. that's just the to me, that's the icing on the cake to success. Um for me in my situation, since I'm also an entrepreneur and then just putting that sync licensing in. Yeah. And like, man, it's man. Yeah. What else do you my life that exactly. way? Man, travel to Africa, start singing and stuff. Yes. And that's what I I'm love trying it. to do with the ukulele. Yes. Um, <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> so um, what's the thing or a quote that you go by? Oh, man. So no, many. So many and, uh, oh quote that I go by oh I'd have to think for a minute <laughs> I don't know there's just so many there's it's gonna come to my head um oh how about this one um if you want to know what your what your future looks like look at your today uh and what that mm. basically means is our lives usually don't change uh, unless we intentionally make them change. So the idea is that what your day looks like today is likely what your day will look like tomorrow and then after and then after, right? Unless you intentionally sit down today and are like, okay, I'm going to do today differently. And then you carry that into tomorrow and then Right. Because we only ever have today. Right. Like yeah, every week yeah. doesn't really exist. It's all it's all theoretical. So really, all we have is today and then the concept of tomorrow. Right. <laughs> so the idea is that, you know, because I think we get in our heads a lot about like, oh, 10 years, I'm going to 
be yeah. a millionaire and I'm going to be, have this, you mm -hmm. know, I'm going to go to the gym five times a week and I'm, you know what I mean? And, and it's like, great. <laughs> those are great goals. We yeah. all want those, but what are you doing today? That's going to get you there in 10 years, because there's not going to be some magic moment between now and then where it just starts to happen for you. It's just not, it's not life. It's not how it works. And so mm. I think of that often, especially when I'm feeling like resistance to something mm. or I'm feeling afraid of, you know, making a certain move or whatever, you know, I just remind myself, you know, I'm not going to get where I want to be unless I'm doing something, anything today to make that happen. Man, you a sage one. <laughs> we are definitely on the same frequency. I love it. <laughs> you know, because. I, I personally don't believe in the word hope. Mm. Um, and I know that that's a big thing. Like, oh, you know, like grew up on hope from my family and just people saying, I hope I mm -hmm. get to the mall or I hope I get that job. It's like, mm -hmm. I don't like word hope. I feel like I'm going to get it or I'm not. Mm -hmm. I just say, um, if it's, if it's going to happen, it's going to happen. It's not, it's not because I feel hope to me is almost like a crutch saying, yeah. maybe I don't got to do it. Maybe I don't right. have to study and learn that cybersecurity or learn how to make that beat. Yeah. I, I hope. Yeah. You know, I don't like it. It's like you're yeah. sitting back. It's so disempowering. That, yeah. Yeah. So when you just said that, you made me think about the word hope and how, yeah. what are we doing today to say, okay, I want to be, if you want to be out of regular job, what are you doing each day to get there? And it's not that you, you know, you can't get on TikTok and YouTube and say, oh, this person made a million dollars selling t-shirt overnight. We can't mm -hmm. copy them. We don't yep. know exactly what they did. They don't always yep. tell you. And so you have to say, okay, what is it that I'm going to do today for me that I can yep. do that's going to get me to the next level. And it's almost having adopting a sense of stoicism mm. and I, stoicism. I started researching that. Oh, I love that. And I said, being in you know entertainment and tech and all these other things doing, I said, you got to be kind of stoic because, mm. you know, you're going to have times where you're just going to get a little irritated, but if you don't bounce back mm -hmm. from it, and you yep. stay slumber for weeks. Yep. You just set yourself back more. Oh yeah. When you could have just given it maybe a few, you know, a few minutes to an hour, or whatever, and say, okay, this is what I'm about to do about the yep. game time. But yeah. don't talk bad about yourself and make you got to fight mm -hmm. with yourself daily. Mm -hmm. And that's what I had to freaking learn. Yeah. And minds, and that's how you get to be a successful artist, and entrepreneur is the mind. Oh yeah. The mind is so powerful. I didn't know how powerful it was until I'm gonna give you snaps for that. Yes, I was like, our oh, mind is powerful. You can believe you can make yourself believe you're the worst person ever, the worst yep. artist ever. And sometimes you get to that compare situation where man, this yep. girl's a good singer. I should be singing like her. I should be doing yep. this. No, no, you cannot do that because mm -hmm. then it's it boring. You're not doing what you want to do, it's not being yourself. Absolutely. That's the thing. And the mind can make you believe that. Or your mind can say, you know what, I like my lane. Yep. I like this. I don't want to yeah. be Mariah. I don't be Whitney. I love them. I love who they are, but I want to be Sophia. Absolutely. And it took me a long time to get there because I was yeah. like, oh, I got same like I'm in church. Ah, mm -hmm. I don't want to do that. Mm -hmm. I wanna, what if I want to have a smooth, smoky voice like Nina Simone? I want to chill. Yeah. And I think that's one of the things that it's so you got to stand 10 toes down with that. And guess what? The world will follow you. Yeah. Because you stand 10 toes down with that. Yeah. Absolutely. Because you give them permission by actively being yourself, you give them yeah. permission to be themselves and accept their their own journey. So it's like an energetic yes. thing too. Yes. I mean, so real quick, 
keep going. Look, I keep going on. What advice can you give somebody that's sad right now about like their life is not going the right way and they're trying to be an artist? Their parents don't agree with their career, their boyfriend, mm-hmm. girlfriend, whoever. What advice can you give them to stay mentally strong? I would say adopt the belief that you are always exactly where you are meant to be. And once you embody that belief, life will start to show you all the lessons that it's trying to teach you through the pain, through the perceived negativity, right? Which I'm not saying it's not, and I'm not trying to belittle anyone's pain. But what I am saying is if we are adopting this victim mentality of like, woe is me, my life is terrible, uh, everything is working against me then we're going to believe that. And our beliefs, like you're saying, our mind informs our decisions, our behaviors. So we're more likely to act like victims as opposed to people who are in charge of our lives. So if you can sort of switch the, you know, flip the script and decide, you know what, even though there's all this crap around me and nothing seems to be going my way, I'm going to choose to believe that I'm exactly where I'm supposed to be right now. And when you actually start to believe that, you will see, oh, you know what? That's an opportunity to learn more about that. That's an opportunity to face this insecurity in myself, et cetera, et cetera. Mm, I love that. I call it mind warping. Yeah, totally. (laughs) Because it's, it's just that warp. And, you know, and I, and I feel, you know, just as people in Palestine and Congo and all that, I feel sorry for them because sometimes I feel like, you know, they're probably not where they're supposed to be, but sure. You know, and it's sometimes. Well, they're true victims. Yeah. The definition of a victim, you know? Yeah. They're, they're having violence thrown at them against their will. You know, they just, if for them to feel like a victim would be true, you know, and nobody would say you're not a victim. So it's not like, you know, I'm not trying to, I'm not, I'm not talking about toxic positivity, like, oh, the world's blowing up. I'm just happy. I'm not talking about that. Yeah. Talking about like, you know, if you can accept the circumstances around you and not view Mm -hmm. yourself as the victim of it, unless you are actually a victim, right. Of like a crime Mm -hmm. or an aggression, right. Or violence. But if it's your life circumstances that just feel out of, you know, out of place or out of alignment, you know, the mentality can really make a big difference as to how you work your way out. That's all I'm saying. Man, that was the bomb. You said they're the true victims. Yeah. This is an all-time fact. We're in the United States. Mm -hmm. So technically you can go work at McDonald's tomorrow if you have to, to get to work. Absolutely. I was on, you know, I was on a cruise, but I was singing for Carnival Cruise Lines and one of the girls in there, she was from Germany. She said, I'm from a small town. She said, if I go back home, I have nothing. I'll get blown up. Yeah. She said, you can go home right now and go work at McDonald's. I can't. Yeah. That was a mind warp for me at 23 because I was like, because yeah. I didn't, you know, for me to be on the boat wasn't my, you know, I realized it wasn't my thing. Sure. But <laughs> yeah. But the thing is, that was a reality check that my life wasn't so bad because I thought my life was bad, mm-hmm. but it wasn't. Mm-hmm. And because she can't even go and go to McDonald's, I can go home and go to McDonald's work at Family Dollar. She can't do that. Yeah, we can, I can even get to claim unemployment if we can't get a job at McDonald's. You know, like we yeah. can get paid at least something for the for the most part. You know, if we if we can't find work, so we have systems in place that allow us that privilege to kind of get by. You know. So anyway, but yeah, I agree with you. Yeah, that was some sage gems right there when you said they're the true victims. I got, I'm this gonna blow up on TikTok because that part, <laughs> you know, <laughs> yes, that part 
is 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 really putting a light to the United States and, and, and uh, some other countries that have it good. Mm-hmm. It's just putting that light. So I just want to thank you for coming on here and bless thank us. Thank you. Oh, tell everybody where to follow you at, where to book you at. I mean, I'm going to put it in the show notes, but just you know, yeah, shout it out. Totally. So you could just you can find me on my website, right? So nismaosman.com slash call. Uh, if you want to get in touch with me and from there you can find out more about me and and or you can find me on Instagram just at Nisma Osman, my first and last name. Uh and uh, if you need to know how to spell it, like Sequoia said, it'll be in the show notes. So it's been a pleasure. Yes. Thank you. Thank you Thanks so much. Oh, you're welcome, man. I'm just blessed. I'm so blessed to be able to do a podcast. I'm blessed to be here, man. Just, I never thought I'd be doing this, to be honest. So I'm so blessed. So (laughs) I want to thank everybody for tuning in, subscribe and share. And I thank you all for tuning in. All right, peace. It's easy to lose sleep when you're worried about your health insurance plan. But when you have a family counting on you to take care of them, having the right coverage is more important than ever. That's why Anthem Blue Cross and Blue Shield is here to help. With low to no cost plans for you and your family. So you never go it alone. That's our anthem. Click to learn more.